Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring USC assistant men's golf coach, Matt Walton. Matt, welcome. Hey, thanks Dylan. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. You know, it's really great to kind of meet you at just tournaments I've been to and, um, you know, get to know the guys on the team, Coach Higgins as well. You know, just a really great group of guys you have there. So, um, you know, really glad to get you here on the podcast. But um, how have things been lately? I know it's kind of tailed off with season and stuff, but just how have things been lately at USC? Yeah, things have been, uh, for me personally, the last few weeks been a little little quieter. JT's been on the road with uh, Jackson Rivera at at the Stock, at Stockton uh, Regionals, and he had a nice week. So we've really just been trying to close out the, the spring semester on a, on a high. And Jackson's had one of the most uh, decorative you know, freshman years at, at USC, which is quite yeah. astounding considering the, the players that have been through the program. So it's been great to watch him transform from when he arrived in August to, to where he is now. So um, he's, he's had a great year, and generally speaking, the program is uh, heading in the right direction and we're, we're looking forward to, to watch the, what the future holds. Awesome, man. You know, and it's, it's really cool to, you know, meet all the guys and then see them, you know, golf stat and you're watching them, you know, their scores. And it's cool that you guys, I mean, like you said, you saw him when he came in August and now you, just the way he's going in his freshman year is just so special. I think that's so cool to hear from you there. Um, but I mean, Obviously, you know, you didn't start out as a coach before, you know, you started out, you know, as a player and everything. So I kind of want to bring it back to where it all began. You know, where are you from and how did you get into the game of golf? Yeah, so um, I originally from Lytham St. Anne's in England, which is northwest England. Um, yeah. Basically lived down the road from Royal Lytham and St. Anne's, which is one of the open championship courses. Uh, oh, I think it's awesome. on the every eight years, 12 years rotation. Uh, uh-huh. Has the Lytham, Lytham Trophy every year, which is one of the one of the better amateur events. Um, and really, all within an hour of where I grew up is, you know, you've got Hoylake and Birkdale and Flornby and all these uh, all these great golf courses that people travel the world That's to come awesome. and play. And um, they're all within an hour of, of where I am. So growing up, I don't think I realized how great of a spot I was for golf. Um, but now looking back and seeing where I'm at, it's it's amazing to know that Northwest England is prime prime golf uh area so it's uh, pretty cool to to look back on that um yeah so grew up grew up in northwest england um and really kind of got my my start in golf um through my dad yeah um, i'm trying to think how old i was i was probably 12 or 13 something like that okay gotcha yeah so pretty a little later than a lot a of little late people. bloomer yeah yeah so he um you know, I remember, I think one day he went to the range and I just wanted to go with him and um, just kind of got hooked. Um, but really my main sport from a junior was football, but English football. So soccer. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was like my main sport growing up. And um, so golf really wasn't on the radar till, well, seriously, till probably I was probably 15, something like that. Gotcha. So um, football, soccer for me was, was like my, my dream that was what I wanted to be I wanted to be a professional footballer um and I played at a fairly high level for for a long time until I was about 16 um wow and then played um for some local clubs mm-hmm. uh, kind of at some of the lower leagues um trying to 
trying to still keep my dream alive but <laughs> yeah injuries got the best of me a little bit and uh yeah. kind of gravitated towards golf and and then this is where we're at so it's been a great journey for me there you go you know it's funny i've had numerous guests on from you know from sweden england and all that stuff you know and that's like the dream growing up and you want to be a professional footballer i mean that's like the dream and then um you know it's really interesting to kind of you know see your journey, like you kind of said, you know, and to what to the point where you're at now, whereas you, know, you started golf kind of later on, didn't get real serious till later on and stuff. That's really interesting. I was just diehard football. That's all yeah. I wanted. You know, I, um, so I played for Blackpool, which is basically a development team for the professional uh, team. It was, they were, they were in the premier league for a season or two. They were kind of bouncing back between championship and premier league. And um, I played for in their development squad from eight up to 16. So um, 16 is kind of the year where you either basically make it into the youth squad, which is then, you know, you, I guess, technically a professional footballer at that point slash youth squad player. Gotcha. Um, or you get released and then you kind of go back into the like semi-pro high amateur type event, uh, teams. So I got released at 16 and that's kind of, I was like, I was playing golf somewhat competitive, somewhat competitively at that point. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But once I got released, I was like, okay, like I'm going to switch my focus. Still wanted to be a footballer, but I was like, okay, let's, what's, what's realistic here? What, what can I achieve? Right, and, right. Um, so then I kind of got my head down and started focusing on golf. Gotcha. So, I mean, was like high school golf a thing in England? I know in, you know, most countries and stuff like that outside of the United States, it's kind of more like a, you go to high school, but yet you play tournaments outside of high school where you kind of, in your high school years, were you focused and playing in tournaments in your high school career or were you kind of, you know, getting, you know, you were doing soccer and stuff like that, or were you kind of doing both? So I was doing both for probably the last two years in my high school uh, time. Um, gotcha. But the, the, the golf tournaments are really outside of high school. So right. you know, there isn't the same um, organization in when it comes to high school sports or even Mm -hmm. college athletics it's um, a lot more kind of outside on your own doing it on your own Um, Mm -hmm. so like for me at that point my tournaments were just local tournaments um, at St. Anne's Old Links in the in our junior uh, junior team and scratch matches and stuff like that so um, I really wasn't playing any big events it was just kind of at that point trying to get my handicap down and absolutely trying to see how good I could get but um you know, in high school, in high school, really football was, was kind of still where my head was at and um, focused on that because in England, you, you graduate high school at 16 and then you go gotcha. to college from 16 to 18. And then, oh, okay. you then want to go to university, you then go after college when you're 18 or older. So okay. gotcha. high school years and the system is a little different than, than what we see here in the States. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. All right. That's, and I mean, it's just really interesting. I mean, you, I mean, you wanted to play college golf. At what point were you kind of deciding and wanting to get into that? I mean, just kind of talk about the recruiting process, I guess, for you, considering you started playing so late, you're, you know, you're trying to find a place to go play at and you're in England and you, you come over to the U S to play junior college golf. Talk about that process. I mean, that had to have been tough. Really interesting. Yeah. I'll kind of go full circle here on you a little bit. So yeah, yeah. First, first time I came to the States was, it was either March, I'm trying to think when it was, it was, it was in March, like 
2003, 2004, something like that. It was San Diego. And um, nice. it was when I was with when I was with Blackpool, so it was for a football event. Gotcha, gotcha. So we came out for a big, basically a tour. So all the best, uh, San Diego Nomads were the host. Oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, all the other major soccer junior teams came, and we played this big, big tournament. We were out here for like two weeks, and I just kind of loved San Diego, and um, and I was just all about it. And um, got home and told my grandma, I was like. One day I'm going to live in America. And she's like, yeah, we all have dreams. And, like, right. <laughs> and uh, my, my mom actually just told me that uh, last Christmas. So I completely forgot we even had that conversation. So that's hilarious. Um, wow. And then my second vacation, well, my second time I into the States was for a vacation with my family, St. St. Petersburg in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I've been San Diego, West Coast. I've been St. Petersburg, which is basically East Coast. It's like, yeah, this is amazing. Like America <laughs> is awesome. Like it is hot. It is palm trees. It is beaches. Like this place is great. So, um, yeah. so I was like, and then, so, you know, I go back and I'm focusing on my golf at this point. I'm probably 16, 17 um i'm pretty at this point i'm pretty heavily into my golf and i'm trying you know i'm really making a commitment to my my golf and and trying to be the best player i can be and um spending every minute that i that i can at the golf course and actually the assistant at iowa charlie hoyle was uh he came over to an academy in, in america and started playing and like for me that was the first time i kind of realized that um wow, okay, there's, there's more to golf than just the north of England and England itself. And um, what does that look like? So I started obviously picking his brain and, and doing my own research and um, kind of took took the idea to my dad, like, hey, let's, can we go to America to play, go- to play golf? There's college golf, don't know what it's about. Let's, let's yeah. learn, can we learn? He's like, well, you know, he was pretty open to the idea. And um, we kind of went through a recruiting agency um, they were they were helpful you know i the only regret i have in that entire process falls on me a thousand percent is just not understanding the divisions enough not okay yeah yeah i'll be honest i had no idea the difference between a junior college naia division three division two division one like no idea like thing so as i go i get a scholarship to go play golf like great let's let's do it yeah not but like I said, not really knowing the standard difference between a junior college and a division one. Um, right. And, you know, I've, that's like I said, that falls on me. I should have done my own research. And I'm sure it was all explained to us within the recruiting process. But um, obviously, I, I still wasn't comprehending. <laughs> well, you're so focused. I want to go. I want to play college golf. I want to play college golf, whatever that is, you know. Yeah. So. So we kind of made this commitment at probably 17 or 18 that this was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually still playing football. Um, oh, wow. I had, so the, the agency that I was um, working with, basically, it kind of got down to crunch time. And I was still playing competitively at football. And they said, OK, like, we can get you scholarships for football or we can get you scholarships for golf. Which one <laughs> do you want to pick? Um, so that was a really difficult decision because... Interesting. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to come over here and play football. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, hindsight's 2020. 20, you feel like you probably could have had a great career or I'm not <laughs> right. Right. Role, but right. could have been, it could have been a really unique journey as well. So, yeah. and then we, we finally kind of came to the conclusion that golf's probably got, um, the long-term, um, 
you know, a long-term career in it. And absolutely. You know, my dad was obviously pretty serious about golf and, and so was I. So I was like, you know, this seems like a great idea, get a great education um, and take it from there. And, and, and really the plan when, when I went to Ren Lake for uh, junior year, junior college, it's only two years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was do two years and then see if, see how I'm doing. But really the goal was to do two years and go back to Europe and hopefully play some, you know, mini pro, mini tour stuff, pro golf and, gotcha. and work your, work your way up. But, um, pretty, pretty quickly, I realized, you know, that was probably not on the card for me. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, man. It's, I mean, you just never know, especially coming from another country like that. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of, I mean, the recruiting process in the U S is just tough enough if you're from the United States, but to go from another country like that and not know a lot, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of in between wanting to play soccer and golf. So, I mean, that it's tough. I mean, that's, it's a tough process either way, but you know, like you said, you ultimately came to the U S played two years, junior college. I mean, just kind of talk about that, just those experiences playing those two years there. And I mean, what was it like coming from, you know, England, you visited Florida, San Diego, two of the greatest places to be in the U S and then you, know, you transferred to junior college in Illinois, really curious about those experiences. Well, it was a shock. Let me tell you, I, <laughs> I, I landed in St. Louis and my coach was there to pick me up and, and, uh, Dave Smith, he, he's a, he's a legend. He's awesome. He really is. Uh, he picked me up in his truck and, um, the, I've never, obviously never been in a truck before. I mean, I'm from North <laughs> England. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm, what's this big truck? Like, what is this? <laughs> you so, guys got, and you got the little smaller cars, you know, the manual, the, yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah so we, we get in this truck and, uh, you know, we're driving him. It's St. Louis is, I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably an hour and a half to two hours from, from Ren Lake. And uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. we, we were driving. I was like, there was, there was just nothing like you leave <laughs> St. Charles and you head away from the airport and you kind of get through downtown. And then it's like, that's it. There was just cornfields and fields and <laughs> one main highway. I was like, what is this? Like, Where are the palm trees? Where- <laughs> seriously, I was like, what's, where's the ocean? Where's the palm trees? Like, what's going on? These tiki bars, like, what is it? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, honestly, so like for me, like it was a big shock. Um, but, you know, and it, it was a tough two years at times, to be honest. Like it was a, it was a big adjustment. Um you know, it's a small town, tiny USA, um, but it was good at the same time too. It had its benefits. Like the only thing I could focus on was my golf, um, which was the main reason why I came to the States was, was to try and be the best golfer that I could possibly be. And, you know, you, you put me in a city and it's easy to get lost at times. And um, so for me to go to a small town with some local golf courses that are easily accessible with, you know, good facilities, good golf courses, then really looking back, it's like, that's a, that was a great environment for me to, to kind of just get my head down with no distraction and, and just trying to take care of business. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, like you said, you know, it's a, it's a huge shock for, I mean, just a lot of people in general, but I mean, I couldn't imagine making that transition and, you know, it's great. Like you said, you know, you're able to get down there, you know, put your head down and just grind golf school, golf school. I mean, that's all you really knew, I'm sure for those two years. And, um, yeah, a little, yeah. little more golf in school, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, that's I, I played junior golf, you know, I played junior college golf too. And uh, so, I mean, I totally get that. And um, it's a great experience, though. And it's great to kind of just get your feet wet a little bit if you don't really know where you're going to go, you know, and play college golf. So, right. I mean, it, it's, it, was a, it was a really good 
um, like stepping stone, you yeah. know, me to be able to say, okay, what, what is life in the States like? What is this college atmosphere all about? What is like, and really what is college athletics? Right. I mean, right. You know, I'm saying it was like 2008, 2007, 2008, when I was in the recruiting process itself, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the social media side of things and the websites, they were, they were somewhat active, but obviously just nowhere near to the degree that they are today. So right. the information and the, and the understanding of what it lo- what it all looks like was a little bit different back in when I was getting recruited, which doesn't seem that long ago, but when you kind of say it like that, it feels like it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, especially, I mean, it's like, you know, nowadays you look at, you're getting recruited by USC. You can look up, boom, look up on social media, USC, blah, blah, what they're kind of about and all that. But I mean, you're really going into this blind, you know, whenever you're going through the recruiting process. I mean, that's just a lot of respect on your part for doing that and making that step and making kind of like you said, getting a little glimpse of what the U.S. is like being there, going to college and stuff like that. And, you know, putting a couple of years under your belt of just more competitive golf. I mean, that's that's ultimately great. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it ultimately came down to, I think my dad told me this after, after I'd kind of been to the States for a little while, he's like, in the end, we just had to take a leap of faith. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's exactly what it was. Right. I mean, the worst case is it doesn't work out and you get on a flight and you go home. I mean, that's, that's the worst case that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, we're, we're going to be okay. We can, we can figure this out. And, and in the end it was a, it was a leap that was well worth it. And yeah, um, yeah. I've been, I've been very, fortunate to have reaped the benefits from from all of that yeah and you know you kind of talked about how you know the plan was after the first two years to go back home and play some mini tour stuff and everything like that but you ultimately transferred to university of of cumberland's you know just kind of talk about that a little bit you know going making that transition i guess and just what was that like yeah so um i had a good sophomore year uh-huh. Um, yeah, junior college. As, as I think I finished fifth at the national, the junior national championship uh-huh. down in uh, Goose Pond. Um, gotcha. Played four nice rounds there, and uh, I was actually all American my sophomore year, so I was happy with that accomplishment. That um, helps. That helps. And then um, had some had some offers from um, some like kind of mid major Division One schools, but you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty tight window from the national championship in May to mm-hmm. then trying to jump on board with new university in August. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like for us financially, we need, we need a little help. Um, yeah, so, of course, you know, you can, you can get some good mid, mid-major offers. Um, just unfortunately, none of them really just kind of worked out for exactly what, what we were, were looking for. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and then, um, so I went back home over the summer mm-hmm. um, and was, con- and was contacted by, um, some people that basically tried to some recruiting agencies that worked with um, some of the coaches at, at uh, Cumberland's and yeah, and that was kind of my connection to them. Um, I actually had some visa issues over the summer, so I wasn't able to enroll until January of 2012. So oh, okay, gotcha. All semester of 2011, I was actually back in England. Okay, um, gotcha. Just be visa, couldn't get my uh, student visa in time. And mm-hmm. by the time I got it, you'd missed too much class. It was like, okay, just come yeah. in January. Um, but I wasn't going to redshirt that year. I still wanted to go and play and play spring and and kind of, you know, understanding I was basically just going to forfeit a semester of golf. Right. Uh, so that's what I did. Arrived in January, um, another small town in Southeast Kentucky. Um, you know, it was a four-year school, so it was a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. 
but it was great. Like I really enjoyed my time. It was, it took me a little, little adjusting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But we had a great group of guys. Um, a lot of us were, were transfers in when I got there. So actually our starting five, the two years I were there were all, all Americans. So, Oh, wow. Um, That's our awesome. starting five was pretty well, pretty well versed for an NIA school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know NAIA kind of gets a bit of a bad rap, but I try to I try to <laughs> correct when I can. And yeah, you know, the, the level of golf isn't always as as bad as people perceive. Um, and Cumberland's, I think we were we were ranked number one and number two throughout the two years that I was there. And yeah, uh, um, we never really performed at, at the national championship the two years that we were, that I was there. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our best finish was fifth. So gotcha. we underachieved for what we were trying to go for. Um, but Chris Craftick was the head coach there, and he's now the AD at the University of the Cumberlands, and he he helped he he helped me tremendously, and the other guys, and um, we had a we had a great we you know two years I was there, we had a great two years, and yeah, yeah, we just kind of got our heads down, and we're all kind of in the same boat, like we all wanted to go play professional golf, but mm-hmm. we're also somewhat realistic with what that journey looks like, what right. pieces need to fall into place, and you know the finances and. I feel like for a group of college guys, we were somewhat mature enough to realize, <laughs> okay, like this is the journey. Yeah. And, and do you even want to get on that journey? Like that was the big thing for me. Like, I think once you kind of understood kind of, okay, what is the journey to go to professional golf and the, mm-hmm. you know, living out your car and living in these motel sixes and traveling week to week. It's like, I don't even know if I want to live that life. I mean, right. it's, never you know I was never presented the opportunity but at the same time like I don't know how I don't think I really chased as hard as a lot of other people because because of that reason I, I'm not sure I wanted to live in live in and out of my car for a couple of years and you know shoot 65 at a Monday qualifier and miss out by three I'm like I'm not too sure that's for me <laughs> right I mean you play some of your, you know some of your best golf and still get beat it's like Okay, like maybe this isn't what it, you know what I need to be doing, but it's I mean it's great though that you kind of had that realization, you know, kind of earlier on, so you didn't waste years and years or something, you know, just grinding professionally wise, you know. But I mean, hey, you just never know. You never know. Um, you know, I, as your college career kind of was coming to an end, and you know, you were kind of thinking, and all you know, all your guys are planning, and you're thinking about you know what it's going to take to play professional golf. Um, you know, what was the plan for you right after college? Was it go back to England, kind of get situated, find, you know, look for jobs? Or was it stay in the U.S. and try and plan a job to where you can lead right into something? Or what was your plan for after college? Yeah, so my, my senior year, really, I kind of came to the conclusion, like, okay, my, my main goal is to get my degree, finish mm-hmm. my degree in sport and exercise science. And yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of my, my, my golden ticket to stay in the States. So gotcha my degree and then I've kind of got something underneath me uh in the US and I've you know for me school was never the most enjoyable thing but I was proud (laughs) of getting my degree and I was like okay like this is a good thing for me to to achieve so absolutely um, after kind of that last spring semester um I was really kind of toying with the idea of okay what does what does life after college look like um and I knew I kind of wanted to get into coaching in some form but I wasn't really sure what way mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah you know, I loved with my football background I've always been in a team I love the team aspect for my four years of college golf yeah. so I was thinking okay like coaching in college golf seems really appealing um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something that I like I'm, I'm pretty competitive 
I like to develop guys. I like to be in a team environment. Um, you know, I like to be putting a bigger purpose ahead of what I'm trying to do every day. So that kind of helps me maintain, you know, maintain a standard and keeps my own expectations aligned with that standard. So yeah, for me, I was like, okay, if I can, if I can try and, if I can try and find a way to, to get into college coaching, I think that's what I'm going to try and do. And um, I was actually home for, I'm trying to think what year it was, maybe 20, I don't know if it was 2012 or 2013 when the open championship was at Royal Lytham. Um, I think it was 2012, 2012 open championship was at Royal Lytham. Mm-hmm. Um, and that week is always nuts. So it's just crazy. Like our golf course is, um, you know, is a mile from Royal Lytham and it's, it hosts the final qualify for the open championship. And so it's always busy, but so every year the PGA of America and PGA GB and I basically play like a two or three day Ryder cup type deal. Oh, nice. It's a bit of fun, right? A bit of competition, yeah. a bit of fun, go play some good golf courses. And yeah, um, the one, one day I, I show up and I'm going to caddy for a guy on PJ of America. And it, and it turned out to be Ted Bishop. He was at the time, he was the, I think the secretary of the PJ of America. Um, and he was in line to be the, president of the PJ of America. So got on his bag and kind of, you know, him and I were, were chatting, we got along great. And he's like, Hey, when you get back to the States, I, I own a golf course up in Indianapolis, the legends, why don't you come up and see me play a little golf and maybe we can do a summer in summer internship. So I was like, great, fantastic. Awesome. So follow through with him and do a summer internship. It goes great. And he's like, okay, like, um, I finished. So I grad with my delay at the Cumberland I ended up graduating in December of 2012 okay um, and so then basically I was ready for employment come January so he's like come in 20, 2014 you can be the assistant pro and we'll uh, we'll kind of get you going from there so I was like okay great that's awesome so you know assistant pro straight out of college um, and then still obviously I still had aspirations and goals of trying to be a coach but I was like obviously need to and I'll be honest I really didn't have so much as a a guide or a or a blueprint that I was trying to follow. I was just trying to right. put things into place kind of in my own head. Like, okay, if I want to be a coach, then I've got to learn, I think I've got to learn certain things in within the golf industry. So uh-huh. yeah. We, um, um so as the assistant pro and Ted became the PJ uh, president of PJ of America. So that in itself came with some really cool that things. helps. That helps. Yeah you know, doing the, going down to the PGA show and picking out some of the US, USA Ryder Cup, um, Ralph Lauren um, awesome. and stuff like that. So, oh my gosh, just getting to be a part of, not that I was picking it out, just, you know, getting to be a part of absolutely all those conversations look like. And it was just a really cool experience for me, a 24 year old. So, yeah. um, so I do that and I'm basically his, the assistant uh, professional there for two years. So the full season of 2014, mm-hmm. and full season of 2015. And that was also the time when uh, PGA Junior League just started up. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so then I kind of, this is where really the transition into coaching came is Ted was like, I know you want to be a coach. Let's get this running. So there was really no junior program at the Legends at the time. Gotcha. Um, and we, you know, there was five juniors or something like that. I kind of played and 
we really got to, by the time I left in 2015 and the addition of the PGA Junior League, we were able to build it to about 85, 86. Wow. Uh, so wow. we had, we have, uh, I think, three or four different PGA Junior League teams. And um, it was really cool just to be able to grow something like that. My first kind of yeah. hands-on uh, growing a, a little program and obviously had great great assistance from from ted and a lot of the other people at, at the legends but still i was kind of like yeah. for me i was like this is awesome like this coach i'm in like this is it <laughs> this, this is it yeah no question at this point um and yeah i just kind of kept moving up from there i mean that is amazing to you know you caddy for you caddy for ted and then all this stuff kind of just goes and falls into place. I mean, that is just amazing. Those opportunities and, you know, I mean, the chances of that happening are just amazing, um, especially to grow a junior program like that from five, you know, five or so play, you know, kids to 85, 86. I mean, are you kidding me? That is insane. I mean, just really, really interesting stuff. And it's, you found your love for coaching right away. You were like, you know, this is it. And it's great that, you know, you had an idea that you wanted to do that you had your experiences with it and you're like, okay, this is it. It's not like it was a, okay, you know, maybe this might not be it. And you're back to square one trying to figure things out. But I mean, that is awesome. That's amazing. I mean, to have those seasons, you know, working at the legends and stuff. And yeah, it really was. So I went from the legends to a golf performance center in uh, Northern Indianapolis for basically 18 months, two years where gotcha. you know, yeah, a lot more heavily instruction based, mm -hmm. uh, kind of ran some programs and coaching programs, but it was more instruction than it was coaching. Okay. Um, and really after, even after like 18 months, two years of, of just strictly instruction, like for me, that was a little too much. I was like, okay, I like teaching, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think I can do it for 40, 50 hours a week. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Gotcha. So, I mean, you go and, you know, you worked at that, you know, golf performance Academy in Indianapolis, and then your next coaching job was at an Academy in Florida. Um, yeah. you know, kind of making the transition from, you know, Indianapolis teaching, you kind of said, you know, instruction wasn't really kind of your thing, you know, why did you go to Florida and go work at this golf Academy and how did you end up liking it there? I mean, what was your time like working at the Academy in Florida? Yeah, the, the Academy was great. Um, really enjoyed it. At this point I was searching for, for, for coaching jobs and gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that's been really influential in my path like he has with many is coach Mike McGraw. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He, so when I was basically transitioning out of the legends and into this director of instruction role, um, you know, I had reached out to a few college coaches um, that I was very nervous to do, by the way. <laughs> it's like the recruiting process all over again. So I was like, you know, this is way out of my comfort zone, but we're, we're going to try it and message coach McGraw on, on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. It was, yeah. And, uh, he sends me some messages back. He's like, Hey, call me. We got along pretty well. And he was really influential in some of the decisions that I made and, uh, the advice that he gave me. Um, and it was like, okay, like I knew that I was in instruction mm -hmm. and I needed to, in my mind, I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a college coach, I probably need to get out of the instruction world, right, and more right. into the coaching world, and then slowly start to transition into being a, you know, what I was thinking, like an experienced coach mm -hmm. in juniors, in junior golf, right. and then work my way into college. So mm -hmm. that was kind of the goal. Um, so that was a big reason why I took the job down at uh, Gary Gilchrist Academy. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Got it was it. Florida, so it wasn't really a difficult sell. Yeah, exactly. I so, mean, it's, it's not like you know, you're going to where somewhere it snows or anything like that. I mean, you're getting back to your palm trees now. <laughs> exactly. You know, I was getting back to why the reason why I fell in, fell in love with America in the first place. So exactly. You know, and um, so my my wife and I we moved down there, and then um, you know we we enjoyed it. We were there for basically two years. Um, had a great time with with Gary and his and his staff and Grant and. Mm-hmm. We had a blast. It was, and it was like it was some instruction, but some coaching. But it was yeah. the one thing that took me a little getting used to was it was like a development. It's a development academy, so gotcha. you're developing players. Now you've got great players. You get you know girls and guys that mm-hmm. are playing in you know some of the invitationals, AJGA invitationals, and AJGA Rolexes, and some of the you know some of those nice events. Um, so the well-established players, but you you know you're consistently trying to develop their game, so then they become appealing to you know power five schools and other you know top mid-major schools. So it was like for me, it was kind of a good transition, like to try and develop these players to get yeah. to the level that essentially I was trying to coach. So gotcha. Um, it was it was a good two years. I, I really enjoyed it down there. When I mean, in all these experiences that you're getting, I mean, you're finding stuff that you like to do, stuff you don't like to do. So you can really kind of turn your attention to exactly what you're looking for. Um, And especially you're reaching out to college coaches. And I mean, people are helping you out along the way. I mean, that that all helps, you know, into, you know, kind of where you want to end up and stuff. I mean, you're getting all these experiences. I think that is that's huge in itself. I mean, and you seems like you're meeting the right people. You're getting to the right places. I mean, eventually you do get into your first coaching job and at Wichita State, you know, actually at a college university. Kind of talk about that a little bit and how you found that, you know, how you got in contact with the coaches there. I mean, how did that all kind of come about? Yeah, so so this entire time, even though it looks like it's everything's been well planned out, like mm-hmm. assistant pro to instructor to coaching academy to college coach like the trajectory looks great but the entire time yeah I don't think really anybody knows this I probably applied for every assistant coaching job on the planet gotcha gotcha you know and I was like but I was always asking for feedback like what's next like okay what am I missing what right I I don't mind that you didn't hire me but what am I missing yeah Um, absolutely let me know so I can try and go get it Uh uh-huh and um I I probably got all the applications on my laptop. I, <laughs> I'm going to take a guess and say I probably applied for 75 to 100 assistant jobs. Like no joke. Yeah, I mean just and, uh, getting after it. Got you know got turned down every time until Wichita State. So I was like, hey, but it was all worth it for that <laughs> one though. <laughs> and uh, so the way I you know the way I got in contact with uh, Wichita State and Judd Easterling uh, was through Mike McGraw. Um, oh my gosh, nice. He was, you know, we were, we were talking probably every month or two, uh, uh-huh. gotcha. texting and just, he, he really was, he was great to me he, way better than I deserved. And, uh, he was, um, you know, helping me or telling me, Hey, Matt, this job's just opened up reach out or Hey, I made a call here for you. And just, um, really was active for me. And yeah. like, I don't think there's anything I can ever do to, to repay him for that because he was a big reason why I got that job at Wichita state and, and uh, obviously I still have to go interview and do all that things. And, and Judd and I got along great and I uh, loved my time at Wichita State. We, uh, I was there for three semesters. So it was a pretty short stop and, and uh, COVID was kind of in the middle of it. But yeah, um, 
I had a great time at Wichita State. The guys, the university, the the coaching staff, uh, George was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, and I mean, and not only that, but I mean, the players, I mean, they had a lot of honors and a great performances that just at your time there. I mean, not only, you know, playing wise, but also classroom wise. I mean, I think they had the, I think they posted the highest GPA, like 3.7 or something like that. And I mean, it's just, I mean, hey, I mean, it's, it's all good stuff. It looks good, you know. Um, but I mean, what was it about, like, whenever you got to Wichita State, I guess, and it was like, you know, what was the next step after that? I know COVID kind of hit everything. You know, how did that affect you as well, just as a coach? I mean, what what were things like during COVID as well? Yeah, um, they were they were interesting. I don't want to say I panicked a little bit, but I panicked a little bit. Yeah, I think everybody did. <laughs> Wasn't sure, you know, because um, we did our fall semester uh, <laughs> and we won we won the New Mexico State event. So yeah, one of our I don't know if it was our last event of the year or second to last event, and we were pretty excited for the spring. Um, and then we go to the spring, we play, I don't know if we played, I think we'd gone down to Gainesville, played at, uh, Florida's event, which was mm-hmm. our first one, which was real early for us. Um, but it's like, Hey, let's go down there and just get some sunshine and yeah, yeah. golf. And then yeah. the, um, then we went to GCU's event and that's really when COVID kind of hit the world. And uh-huh. we were, we were on the, you know, we were on the range and, uh, we're there with uh, Texas Tech, Mikel and Greg Sands, and we were just chatting. And like, we got almost all of us got phone calls within an hour of each other. Like, wow, we'll be back on campus tonight. And so it was like, okay, jumped on the phone, changed our flights, and we were back in Wichita. <laughs> oh my night. gosh! And, uh, so that was that was pretty. It was just kind of like autopilot. Let's just take care of business now, and then we'll kind of really assess when we get back to Wichita and kind of find out what's going on exactly. And and um, obviously, then you know. We all know what happened after that, but yeah. it was just kind of, it was just kind of, you know, a little, a little nerve wracking, not really knowing the state of what college athletics would look like in March Madness not going on and just, yeah. you know, this snowball effect of how it's affecting not just college athletics, but just athletics and sports across the world. It was Absolutely. really pretty unique. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolan Auto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says, They're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I went through as a player. I couldn't imagine, you know, as a coach having to kind of orchestrate all this and have to tell the players like, you know, hey, I mean, we're done. Like, I mean, that just has to be scary, especially like, I mean, just being a coach. I mean, that's kind of where you're making your money from the university and stuff. I mean, God, I just, I, I couldn't imagine being in that situation, but I mean, it, it seems that, you know, your time at Wichita state was, you know, very eye opening. I'm sure you learned a ton of things during COVID to where now, you know, you've been put through kind of everything it seems like. And I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just gotta be brutal, but now you're currently at USC. I mean, a great place to be a coach at. I mean, talk about, 
the time that you started, you know, getting in contact, did Coach McGraw help out with getting to USC as well? I mean, kind of how did that all happen in kind of a time frame, I guess, in relation to COVID? I mean, when did this all happen? Yeah, so over the summer, um, what it would have been, so COVID happened in March. So mm-hmm. March, April, pretty quiet. Everybody was just trying to kind of find their feet, find out what, yeah. was, you know, what was happening. Everybody's, you know, for the most part, laying low and just, okay, we'll just ride this thing out. Get mm-hmm. you know get get our student athletes through exams and 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 all that um, right. So then the summer came along, um, and you know I was I was interviewing for a few other uh, positions at the time. Okay, and uh, I saw saw JT got the job at USC, so I was like, oh, great, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to JT. Like, great. I don't know what I don't know. There was nothing public. Uh-huh. Um, didn't know if if they were gonna hire. Didn't know any of the situation. So I just sent him a message and. I think it was an email and he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, uh, really not sure what's happening at the moment. I think they had another candidate in line and mm-hmm. okay, great, no problem. And then um, kind of got back to my own thing and kind of dismissed it. I was like, okay, no yeah. problem. That's what it is. Right. I mean, right. It's part of the, part of the, the industry we're in. And then, absolutely. So, so time goes by and uh, still at Wichita and we're coming back from, so we weren't, we weren't, we're not, we were not allowed to compete in the fall for, for right. us. Um, uh-huh. But we, we were one of a few programs um, where we were still allowed to do some organized activity. So gotcha, gotcha. Um, we were, we were kind of doing this, um, what we called the shocker cup, mixing some of the, 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 the boys and the girls and having like uh, foursomes and alternate shots. And oh, that's fun. That's fun. Like, we were just trying to make a, a semester of somewhat competitive, but right on golf, getting everybody involved, the coaches too, and just let's let's make the best out of this situation. And uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah. So we were one day I was driving back from one of the golf courses and, and got a text from JT. It's like, hey, time for a call. Yeah, I got time for a call. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll and, make time uh, for a call. <laughs> yeah. So this is like end of October and. Uh, we, we have a couple of calls and it goes really well and speak to a few other people at USC and that seems to go well. And, and really within a matter of days, is like, Hey, you want the job? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I want the job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You can't turn that down. <laughs> and you're then, like, uh, Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, Mike McGraw was a, was a reference for me in, in this as well. So as, along with a few other coaches, so yeah. without, without, you know, all these mentors and, and leaders, um, it really is. It's, I've been, like I said, I've benefited greatly from, from a lot of people and so yeah. many people have been so nice and I'm very, very fortunate to, to have some people looking out for me and, and trying to do, you know, great things for me that I really do appreciate. So it's, yeah. uh, it's how it's kind of how, how it happened. And I arrived Thanksgiving at, uh, in LA and here we go. <laughs> There you go. I mean, you're back to, you know, part of the reason why you love, you know, America and all that. I mean, and it's all and you go, you know, just kind of touching on, like you said, all these people that are helping you out and everything. I mean, it's all about who, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, having those connections, it definitely helps having the experiences that you had as well, going through, you know, all the different positions and everything like that. Obviously, you know, assistant coach, I'm sure you want to be a head coach, you know, someday, but I mean, the journey is not over for you, but to look back on everything that you've done. And like you said, I mean, you know, as you look at your journey, I guess it, it looks like it's all progressive, but in the moment and through all those experiences and time, it probably felt a little like, you know, you're trying to figure it all out as a lot of people are. I mean, you look back on your time now, 
and you see everything that you've done to get to the point where you're at. I mean, that's got to just be, you know, really, you know, you got to feel really accomplished for that. I mean, how do you feel just everything that you've been through to get to the point in which you are at today? I mean, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously great and I'm, I'm happy to be where I am, but I, I wouldn't say I'm satisfied yet. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Still, got, still in, in the grand scheme of coaches, pretty mm-hmm. young and um, mm-hmm. still got a lot to learn of, about college athletics and, and yeah you know, coaching players and, and program management and those things. But uh, one of the big things that was like a motivator for me was with my, you know, playing junior college in NAIA, there's a few people that would say like, you know, just with your college experience, it's going to be really difficult to go coach at a high level in division one, because you don't have that division one experience. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of used that as a chip on my shoulder to absolutely you know, try and say, okay, like I get it. I understand. And, you know, you've got a guy that's a full-time All-American is going to, you know, probably look better than a junior college guy, which I completely understand. But still, you know, though. my goal was like, nobody's going to outwork me and I'm going to try and try and get to where I, I want to get. So like, get out the way or get on board. And, and <laughs> there it is. There we go. So get um, out of the way or get on board, everybody. That is, <laughs> I love that. that. Whenever you're a head coach, man, you're going to be recruiting players. You're going to be like, either get out of the way or get on board sounds a little brutal but i don't mean it to be <laughs> so brutal <laughs> no no i love it man i love it and you know it just shows the kind of you know determination and how hard working you are i mean you're willing to do whatever it takes even if the odds if people say the odds are against you i mean i i feel that's a little a little ridiculous that people would say that but i mean hey look at you now i mean like you said you're not satisfied yet you know there's still an end goal but I mean, you're doing pretty well for yourself. And I just really applaud everything that you've done, Coach. You know, just really, really, really cool to see your journey. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. Uh, one, of, one of the things I told uh, Coach Higgins when we were going through the hiring process, he's like, what, what was one thing that I want to achieve? And it's bold. And I said, I want to win more national championships than any other college coach. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a bold statement. And uh, I'm not usually one for bold statements, but um that's something that I want to achieve. And that's something that I'm seriously trying to go after. So um, I know that's not done by focusing on winning. That's done by, you know, lots of other things and the day-to-day stuff, but absolutely, that's what we're trying to do here at SC and, um, you know, being, being alongside JT every day, one of the best, if not the best college coach in, in the industry and one of the most experienced it's uh, it's been a great journey so far. We've, we're only just getting started. So um, yeah, I'm lucky to to be able to coach next to him and, and be next to him every day. So he's he's a great, great coach and a great guy. Absolutely. I mean, both you guys, just great guys. I mean, just love conversing with either you or Coach Higgins. Super nice people. Um, you know, like you're, you know, you're pretty new to the Trojan program. You know, that you're currently, I think you you just finished your second season with the Trojans. Um, you know, but how have things been going since you've moved to USC? You know, are you pretty, you know, acclimated to things or, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of learning stuff still, like you said, with program management and everything, but, you know, how have things been at USC coaching wise? Yeah, the first, first um, season, which really was just the spring of 21. Um, right, right. It was kind of up in the air, just, you know, it was our kind of our first season spring coaching after COVID. So there was still a lot of things going on uh, with that, which, you know, not just me, a lot of people were just trying to get their heads around and kind of threw a wrench and everything. And really it just feels like this year, like August through to now has been like season one, really. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. 
and it's felt it's felt pretty pretty good for the most part. Um, certain certainly starting to get acclimated to to what the environment looks like around SC and and, and LA and just trying to get familiar with the environment. And LA is yeah. a great place. It's a great great golf city. It really. Oh, is. oh my gosh! Yeah. I'll be honest, I had no idea. I mean, obviously, you know, Riv and Sherwood and right. LACC and all these great golf courses, but just, you know, just the ones that we get to play every day, Rolling Hills and um, is, does you know, is a great golf course. That's where we get to go out and play and uh, lucky to be able to go play at Riviera and know yeah. the other great golf courses. So we're, uh, we have it pretty good for the most part. And uh, it's, it like I said, this year has kind of felt a lot more comfortable with, just getting acclimated with what the lifestyle looks like around here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you're getting more acclimated to everything, feel more comfortable. And you talk about those courses that you guys have access to. I mean, I see the guys posting, you know, they're playing at Riviera or, you know, they're playing all these just amazing golf courses. I mean, that's just gotta be so cool to be able to have that access and for the players too, for the players to be able to go out there and practice. I mean, that's just, that's gotta be so cool. That's gotta be awesome. You know, yeah. I, I feel like college coaching is something that, you know, I've always thought would be fun and everything. And I just think that is just so cool that you're able to, you know, get you're out there, you're at a great program. I mean, just really excited for everything that you and coach Higgins are going to be doing with the program and everything like that. Just really, really cool stuff. Um, I think it's the best job in golf unless you're a professional or the next best job is college coach, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. I think college coaching, I mean, playing college golf is one of the best things to do. And I couldn't imagine being a college coach and not having to, you know, you're putting a lot of work in everything with these players and just seeing them firsthand, their development. I think it's just got to be so interesting to see everything that goes into the process and, you know, developing players and everything like that. That's just got to be so fun. Well, I think, you know, the one thing about being a college coach is it's basically, it's not a job. It's not an occupation. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle, right? It's something you do every day. It is, it becomes who you are and it becomes your day-to-day stuff. It's, it's a lifestyle that you choose. So. Right. uh, Best one, in my opinion. Best one. He says best one. (laughs) Um, You know, whenever we were kind of setting up this recording and, you know, we're trying to, you know, figure out a time to get together and everything, you said you were in Sacramento doing some recruiting. Um, Now I really want to touch on just kind of, you know, you've been through the recruiting process in your golf journey. You've, you know, scrambled, you found places and you got it done. You have your experiences playing college golf. Now, what is it like on the coaching side of the recruiting process now, now that you're kind of, you know, you're looking at players to bring onto a serious program at USC. I mean, just kind of talk about what the recruiting process is like from a coaching standpoint now. Yeah, it's, it's obviously, um, I don't know what it was like when I was being recruited, but it seems like it's a lot more detailed now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, in it, in a good way, like because of the, because of the access to social media and all the, all the different, you know, YouTube links and, and stuff like that. So right, right. Um, you get to see a lot more players across the world, not just here in California or the U S mm-hmm. get to see the top European players, the top guys out of Asia. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really good to be able to kind of keep tabs on, really for us the best plays the best juniors in the world so that's yeah. that's what we're trying to focus on when when we recruit is you know for us you know who can who can withstand the the academic expectations of usc and then who can withstand the athletic expectations and history that goes with usc athletics so it's it's kind of multifaceted for, for usc 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's rich history of, you know, whenever you leave USC, you have the degree of, you know, from USC is, you know, that holds a lot of value in itself and let alone to be an athlete at USC is, I mean, it's super, super impressive. Um, You know, what maybe take us through like, like your trip to Sacramento, like what did that look like physically day to day, I guess. I'm really interested in that too. So it was a pretty, it was a pretty quick trip. Okay. Um, Just kind of up there for the day. So, okay. Um, you know, we've got to be wise with our time in yeah. terms of recruiting days, um, yeah. only getting 45 for the year. So just, just spent the day up there watching a couple of 24 players. Um, mm-hmm. and a t- you know, a typical recruiting day is you either, you either fly in the, depending on tea times, you either fly in late the night before or mm-hmm. the, that morning and then go to the golf course. And, um, you know, if you've got like this instance was just morning tea times, there was no afternoon wave. So, gotcha. you, kind of, you know, get out there at, when the guys get out on the range an hour, typically an hour before tea time or whatever it may be. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, watch them warm up, watch them, watch them play. And usually, you you know, you've got a couple of players to keep an eye on. So you kind of try and strategically get around the golf course, right? You, as much golf as you possibly can. Right. Um, and then, you know, you usually the last one to leave. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like for me, I always like to see who goes to practice after their round. Do they just jump in the car and leave? Um, try to try to take in as much information in, in that one day as I can. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And you, so you went and saw a couple of kids for the class of 24. I mean, is that currently what you guys are recruiting for or is it, you know, kind of, you know, whatever, whatever kind of kids in whatever class comes up? Yeah, that's really our priority at the moment. Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, the, the June fifteenth date rapidly approaching. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we've we've kind of been uh, strategically trying to figure out some some plays the class of twenty four and kind of see if they'd be a good fit for our program. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. At the same time, too, you're keeping an eye on really a little bit of everything. You know, right Especially now, you, you keep an eye on the transfer portal. You keep an eye on, um, you know. 25s 26s 27s still you know you're still trying to get in front of the younger players um, Mm -hmm. so then when they get to that recruiting process you know for us there's only one school they want to go to and that's sc so there you go yeah i totally get it i think it's just so interesting to kind of hear all this stuff and i mean when you go to tournaments and you're physically watching players i mean obviously you know they're good you know they can play golf you know, what are the things that you're looking for in a player when you're out there watching them and just kind of, you know, just, yeah, just out there watching them. I'm really curious. Love this question. Um, you know, cause what you see on, so you, you know, you go on junior golf scoreboard, you kind of see the top 25 players in the country or top 20 players right. in California, whatever it is, or you go to European golf rankings and you see all their rankings and okay, this guy's ranked number three and kind of, like you said, you, you expect everybody to be good, but then yeah. you kind of see the scores and you're like, okay, these are some good scores. And it's really just mattering. Like, is this the type of player that we want SC? And gotcha. it doesn't mean they're bad players. You know, if they don't, it just, maybe that isn't exactly what we're looking for at this time. Absolutely. Um, you know, so things that I look for are, you know, we're always trying to look for things that you can't teach. So, um, you know, we like, we like strong guys. We like tall guys, Ath- really athletic. You don't have to necessarily narrow it down to strong or tall, but just yeah. athletic builds. Um, I like guys that have played multi sport, uh, athletes, um, not just the one, you know, kind of 
golf is everything. Uh, that scares me that they're going to get burnt out. Um, yeah, yeah. And with me being a multi-sport athlete, I'm probably a little biased towards everybody else being a multi-sport <laughs> athlete. So. If you play soccer and golf, <laughs> Coach Walton wants you, okay? Yeah, if you're a soccer phenom, then let's, let's talk. Um, so we've, you know, we try and look for athletic players, but I'm also looking at like how they are emotionally on the golf course. Can they, you know, how do they handle adversity? Mm-hmm. How do they communicate with their playing partners, volunteers, rules officials, parents? Um, like for me, the 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 body language and the communication side of things is, is a really important thing that I try to pick up on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and not that, you know, I kind of touched on the face, you know, dealing with adversity or emotion. It's, it's okay to have some emotion, like a yeah. sense of urgency, some passion, um, a little anger it's okay as long as it doesn't drag over to that next shot and four holes later we're still focused on what happened on the fifth tee like <laughs> right right let's let's move on um but also just trying to figure out like how they play golf too like um you know are they are they trying to lock into one flight is the trajectory coming out the same is um, is the ball always working towards the target or working away from the target um you know, is it spinning off? You know, can they control wedges? Are they spinning off the greens? And mm-hmm. um, when they miss the green, what side are they missing on? Like trying to pick up on how their golf IQ is and how, you know, does their golf IQ match the way that they play and, and these things. So after after seeing players several times, you start to be able to paint a pretty clear picture of kind of what this player looks like and and, you know, hopefully you do enough homework and call enough people and coaches and whatever it is you try and, you know, try yeah. and make sure you've done everything possible to, to make the best evaluation for that player. Interesting. God, I know. I just, you know, I have a lot of players on and they talk about how, you know, the coaches are looking for this, but to hear directly from a coach what they are looking for. I think that is just such valuable information that I wish I knew going through the recruiting process or going in when I'm at tournaments and coaches are watching. I mean, that's just valuable stuff. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that stuff. I think it's just really interesting. And, um, you know, just hearing all the stuff that you guys get to do. And I mean, obviously, you know, it's a grind to be a college coach. It, there's definitely not all easy days, but I think that is just so interesting to go and hear kind of everything that you're analyzing. There's a lot going on. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, they, they can be. And some days are easier than others, obviously. Sometimes you, you go yeah. and you've kind of already made your evaluation, but you're just trying to show show a little bit of love, show a little uh, show a little time up there and, and watch them play. And Yeah, makes um, them feel important too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this recruiting is, is, is more competitive now than it's ever been. And, you know, I've only obviously been doing this a few years. So mm-hmm. the stories from, from Coach Higgins and how things have evolved over time. It's, it's really been amazing. And where college golf is now is I think one of the best it's ever been. And as a young coach, it's it's just speaking to coach Higgins about this a few few months ago, actually is as a young coach, it's really important that we pay attention to all the details of what college coach, the decisions we're making now Mm -hmm. will affect what my job as a head coach is going to look like. So just really trying to keep the, keep the standard and, and keep the the history like the integrity of of the college golf scene intact and and as you know like i said as a young coach that's something i i take pretty seriously so um you know jt's kind of been there and done that and it's it's cool to be able to hear all all his stories and 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 history and 
one day, hopefully I can, you know, relay some similar stories. Absolutely. You know, I have no doubt in my mind that you'll do everything in your power to get to where you want to be and, you know, just be the best coach that you can be for your players. I mean, I have no doubt in my mind for that. Um, you know, whenever, whenever, I guess, so you recruit it, you recruit a player, you talk to their parents and everything like that. They come to the university. I mean, my dad has always said this when we would talk to college coaches is, I mean, the college coach is like the parent figure for this, for this kid. And I mean, what's that like being that quote unquote parent figure to players when they come to USC? I mean, what are your duties like as an assistant coach? And I mean, just, you're really, really curious. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you could talk about, but I mean, just kind of give us a glimpse on what it's like being that parent figure. Yeah. Kind of being an assistant, you just kind of fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> you, kind of, you kind of do a lot of different things, which is great, which honestly I like, I like the more things that I can, I can do, then the, I feel like the more skills and the more well-equipped I'm going to be for, for when I need those things, even if I don't need them right now. So, but mm -hmm. being that kind of that, um, I kind of, I refer to it as a role model or a mentor. Um, yeah, I think it carries a lot of weight, right. And it's not something that, that you got to take lightly. So for me, one of my, I'm not always the most vocal. I like to sit down with players one-on-one -on -one and try to, um, and sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not, but try to get to know them on a little bit more of a deeper level. Um, mm -hmm. and just trying to get to know, kind of what makes them tick and what doesn't. And, and like yeah. I said, sometimes, sometimes you can be successful with that and sometimes you can't. And, you know, when you throw in the middle of the spring season, when you're traveling six or seven times and qualifying and practicing and all the other things, it, it, there's a lot of moving pieces to, Absolutely. Make, to yeah. make a simple hour free up. So it's, um, it's something that is, is obviously very in, important. Um, but I like to try and just, you know, I, I like to try and be as positive and optimistic as I can, but realistic. I, there's no point in, um, you know, telling them something that's not true. Just having honest, open communication, at least creating an environment where that's possible. So yeah, yeah, you know, where you have trust on both sides and and know. And I think too, you know, getting to know the play where they know what you're telling them is, um, it's coming from a good place. You know, it's constructive. It's it's real, but mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever. Anytime you have a, an area of weakness, I always like to try and follow it up with a solution. Like, you know, we're, we're struggling here, let's, but this is a good way for us to combat that. Or, you right. know, we can try A, B, and C to see if that alleviates pressure in, in mm -hmm. this area. So, yeah, you know, you, you just try to guide and, and mentor as, as best as you can. And, and then for me personally, I just try to lead by example. So everything I do, I try to make sure that I'm, maintaining the standard that I'm expecting of, of my players. And if, if I can maintain it, then I feel like they can. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, especially with the, you know, not only are you just kind of like, you know, you tell players, oh, okay, you need to change this and not give them a solution. I think that's great. That's kind of what mentor, you know, mentoring these players and developing them is all about. Also just the fact that, you know, the, the level or expectations that you have for your players is something you withhold, upon yourself i think that's i think that's another great thing too because i mean you want your players to do all these other things and you know you want your players to you know follow what you're trying to tell them and then you're doing that as well you know i think that's a great great way to kind of present yourself with the players and stuff 
really interesting. I love hearing all this stuff. Gosh, it's so interesting. Um, but I mean, yeah, just really, really good stuff there. You know, I'm really excited for just the coaching aspect for you and your journey and everything like that. Um, but Hennett, we're heading to the next section of the show. I like to call the ham and egg section here. Um, just ask them for fun questions. Going to get to, you know, maybe pick your brain a little bit more about the coaching side of it and your journey a little bit. Um, so the first one here is, I mean, obviously you had all these experiences and you've had, you know, different, you know, job opportunities and everything like that, but to specifically be a college coach and was there any sort of training or anything that you have to go through to, you know, be a college coach or be certified or anything like that? No, no real certification okay. um, process. I mean, the only thing that you really have to have is you got to pass the NCAA rule test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to know the rules. That's for sure. That's really about the only thing you really have to do in order mm -hmm. to coach. And, and really that's more for, uh, mm -hmm. for recruiting than anything else. But um, yeah, I mean, that's it. So a lot of it is just your own personal experience, mm -hmm. um, you know, try and take your own personal experiences and apply it into, into coaching. And um, I think that's where some people are, you know, can be great coaches because of their life experiences and, and being able to learn from those experiences and then, you know, try to, uh, try to help student athletes, uh, you know, try to avoid them making the mis same mistakes as, as what they did. So, yeah. Uh, Interesting. I think a lot of it is just through life and, and your own playing experiences. And, um, but there's, I don't think there's any real, you know, education that you go through as such. Um, right. Right. You know, my, my past, my past experiences has really been my qualification for this. And you've done, I've done courses along the way, track man and done some, um, biomechanic stuff and some sample lab and you kind of do all that stuff. But I mean, the reality is you, you've got it if you need it, but I don't really tap into it too often. I see. Interesting. Interesting. And I mean, you applied at so many different college coaching jobs and I mean, you were always, you know, you were always looking for jobs and stuff out there for the college coaching. I mean, is it, how hard is it to get a coaching job? For me, I found it really difficult and, yeah. and um, I found it at times pretty demoralizing because um, you're like, okay, this is it. And then no, and this is it. No. And, right. and um, just, just trying to stay optimistic and just trying to stay positive. It's like, it really, it, you know, it's kind of like, mimics the game of golf a little bit like you can do so many things well and you just can't quite uh can't quite finish it off a little bit so mm -hmm. just just try to use all my experiences in in sports and football and in golf and okay like it's going to happen at some point we just got to be patient the right opportunity just hasn't quite come and and uh you know like for me every time i got no it's like okay work harder like get more information learn more more experiences uh yeah yeah you know, get another contact to just every time i got a no i just tried to turn it into uh like uh matthew mcconaughey his book green light tried to turn it into a green light so uh -huh. yeah just try to um make you know something negative into a positive and learn from it and grow and, and just kind of get your head down and just get on with it Interesting. Yeah. No, I think it's, I've always heard that, you know, it can be, it can be hard or it can just be kind of plop right in your, you know, right in your lap. I mean, it's kind of either way, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really interesting to hear your journey, especially with kind of getting to the point that you're at. Um, next one I have here for you is kind of more of a, while you're uh, more of a scenario, I think, or, you know, when you're actually in, you know, in tournament play and stuff like that, but I mean, whenever you're walking and you're talking with players and they're going through their rounds, I mean, obviously, everybody knows golf rounds have a lot of ups and downs and everything like that. Um, you know, what are you trying to communicate or tell your players when 
you know, maybe they're going through a tough hole or they hit a bad shot or something, you know, is there a certain technique you like to do or is kind of every player different? Every player is different. And uh, like when I walk with players on, on the course, whether it's um, I try and walk with them as, as much as I can. I don't, I don't, not really big into bouncing in and out of rounds, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but I do like to, I like to, I like to try and see everybody as often as I can without bouncing in and out of rounds. Yeah. Um, if I walk with a player, then I'm usually there for 18 holes and I'm basically trying to be their mind for the day. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's like probably my favorite part of, of college coaching is, is being on the course in competition with a player. It's, yeah. Just I absolutely love it. There's no other feeling like it. Um, so to answer your question, there's no real set technique. I just try and find out, okay, what 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 situation are we in, mm-hmm. and what are we trying to achieve, or what are we, you know, what have we been trying to work on with this player? And um, you know, in the fall, you can be a little bit more, I would say, hands on, but a little bit more instructive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. a little bit more and, and try and coach a little bit more and then spring you're still coaching you're still active but it's a little bit more geared towards okay like let's go get that job done now let's, let's go take care of business a little bit better so mm-hmm. uh, but i don't i don't have a particular method i just try and read the situation mm-hmm. and then adjust accordingly if if something needs and some of our players are, are great i mean some of them uh, get on the golf course they just get their head down some of them like to talk and chat and some of them you know you can kind of get them fired up and that gets them, you know, (laughs) urgency and passion. And, um, some of them, you know, you keep, you can kind of keep them nice and high and and positive and optimistic and, and all these things. It's, it's really just, for me, it's play to player and then situation to situation. I I don't, I don't like one method, one mind kind of fits all just try and be as adaptable as I can to, to the guys and, and the situation. Yeah. I mean, cause every, I mean, every player is going to be different. I mean, I just had to, you know, I had to ask it and it's really cool to be in competition where the action is. I mean, I couldn't imagine being the coach where you're making decisions with players right then and there. I mean, it's just gotta be one of the, I mean, it's almost like you get your fix of, you know, your adrenaline or your competition a little bit, you know, back when you played, you, know, you kind of get a little more glimpse of that, or you're still in that kind of, you know, atmosphere. I think it's so cool. I think yeah. that is awesome what you got going there. I think it's yeah. so cool. I love the competition side of it. So like yeah. for me, it's, it kind of feels like a drug, like you get a high from it and it's right. You know, you kind of go, you get in the trenches with the guys, you get down you get dirty, you battle. And, mm-hmm. and uh, like, for me, there's, there's nothing better. And kind of that kind of what keeps you coming back day after day. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, it's just so cool to hear all this stuff. Um, next one I have here for you kind of goes back to the, you know, the recruiting side and the junior golf side of it. Um, you know, you talked about how, you know, what you're looking for in players when you're going on these recruiting trips, what you're watching and looking for, but is there kind of specifics and maybe like a, maybe like a, maybe one, two or three things that you are really, really firm in looking for in players that just maybe a general kind of rule of thumb, maybe for junior golfers. Like the, the one thing that I'm really, I guess a stickler about is, is just like body language and how they act on a golf course. I yeah. just, again, it's different to emotion. Like emotion can be, um, mm-hmm. can be used differently, but just, yeah keeping control of themselves, keeping, keeping a good head on their shoulders and just keeping their chin up. I mean, at the end of the day, we're out there, we're playing golf. Like yeah. I understand junior golf is, is super competitive and there's a lot on the line, but when you break it down to its simplest form, we're on the golf course, typically in SoCal or in sunny weather. It's not the end of the world. 
and 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 you know i think that just comes with perspective and and that comes with age but mm-hmm. that's the one thing that i try to always look for is um i don't want to say like low maintenance but just just you know being able to stay present that's what i'm looking for that's that's what i'm trying to say is be present be in the moment mm-hmm. it's okay if we've had a bad shot it's okay if we had an outburst let's just move on let's keep our head up and and let's just go so that's a big thing that I try to look for uh, when we're when when I'm out there recruiting. You know, now that you're on the coaching side of it and you've kind of been in it for a while, and you were a player at one time. I mean, does that does that fire or drive there to play still there, or is it kind of just like you know more invested into the coaching and you'll go play around you know for fun every now and then? I can't just go and play around for fun. So that's really yeah. good. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so I I don't play a lot. Um, anymore really i play a little bit a little bit you know i play with the guys a couple of times a semester yeah. i play a little bit over the summer if the guys are in town mm-hmm. um, or you know jump out with some members at rolling hills or whatever but just not not frequently um, yeah. Yeah. just with um you know just with schedules and, and life and it's hard and it's hard it's hard to keep doing too as well if i'm honest like if i'm going to yeah. play it i want to be i want to be able to put time into it and I right. want to do it properly. So mm-hmm. um, I, I struggle with just going out and just playing. Like even now, I I think we played uh, the week. Uh, Olymp- we went and played the Olympic Club when we went up to Pasatiempo. That was the last time I played. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I haven't touched a, bu- a club since, but I think I'm going to go out next week and I'm going to want to beat everybody. Like I haven't even touched <laughs> the club. I haven't hit a ball or anything, but yeah, like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That drive is there. I mean, it's always going to be there. You're a competitive guy. I totally get it. I totally get it. But yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. That's pretty cool that you're able to, you know, play every now and then with the guys play at some of these courses that you guys are traveling to. And, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, college coaching is, is a serious task and it takes time. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. I'm a, I'm a coach first. And then if there's time to play and if the, if the, environment is right and that's great but yeah um, i love coaching more than anything absolutely absolutely i totally understand that um next one here is kind of what your goals are as a coach yourself i mean obviously you said you know you're not satisfied you want to win as many national championships as more than any other coach in the history i mean what are some goals that you set yourself or set for yourself maybe you know for this next season or years after that even um some so some personal things to focus on for me is yeah um trying to learn a little bit more about communication and communicating with different people um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so just that really just falls into education audiobooks and meeting with our sports psych department and a few other uh using some of our resources that we have on campus um, yeah yeah just as a coach i feel like now you've got to be able to communicate and, and express one message several different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously communication is a huge part of that. And it's not always verbal, right? I mean, it can be body language and, and, and other factors. Um, so just trying to be better at that and recognize certain situations. So going into kind of going into the fall, that's, that's something that I'm going to be trying to prioritize. Um, yeah. And then just from, you know, where we struggled, struggled this year, um, and we've got some great players coming in and, um, just trying to focus on putting our team in, in competitive spots, giving ourselves opportunities to win, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then competing at Pac-12s, regionals, and, and getting to, to nationals. So, from a from a team standpoint, that's what we're what, what we're geared towards. We've got to do the things every day that we need to do. So it's you know, good attitude, work hard in the gym, and um, 
pay attention to the details at practice and yeah. take care of schoolwork and take care of our own personal lives. So when we do go teared up at tournaments, we're, we're present and we're focused on what our job is at hand. And, and that's to go shoot the lowest number we can on that day. And, uh, and then, you know, let the results speak for themselves, really. You know, I'm a big believer results are a byproduct of what we do. Mm-hmm. So if the results are good, then usually it's a pretty good, pretty good indicator that your routine and your process is very effective. And if results are poor, then it's an indicator that not always, right. There's always exceptions to the rules and exceptions yeah. to the masses, but, but still, know, yeah, I'm just a big believer in cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the kind of work that you're putting in, if it's not, you know, not putting the results out that you were expecting or anything like that, I mean, you kind of got to go back to the drawing board, but I think, you know, you have a great plan for everything that you can do for your players and just everything that you're trying to do for, you know, the program at SC. I think it's really special, you know, really looking forward to not only this next season, but also just years to come for you and, uh, yeah, just really excited for you guys. Yeah, yeah and, then after, and then after that, obviously, one day trying try and yeah. working for a head coaching job and kind of see where that takes me. So that's that's the end goal when when the time and the opportunity um, arises. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it'll it'll come. I have no doubt. And you're all you'll always be, you know, you'll always be aware of things and you'll always be on the lookout just in case something comes up. Because I mean, yeah, everybody, we all have goals at the end of the day. So. Totally get it. Totally get it. Um, we're heading to the last question here. Um, you know, I like to kind of bring it back to maybe people that have supported you or helped you kind of through your journey, not only playing, but in your coaching journey as well. But I mean, is there really, you know, a certain group of people or one person that have really inspired you to be the person slash maybe coach you are today? There's quite a few people to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, my parents obviously made some huge sacrifices for me to to even start this journey in America. So yeah, they've obviously been a huge influence to me and, and really got this journey in motion. So without the support and, um, and, you know, personal sacrifice from both of them, then none of this would even be on the, on the cards for me. And then um, I've had a very supportive wife. She's moved all around the country for me. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, she's aligned her career with mine and, and uh, she's in this just as much as I am. And, mm-hmm. uh, so grateful for for her sacrifice for for this journey and and the lifestyle that that we've chosen so um she's been great and then um coach mcgraw has has probably been one really in the in the college golf world that uh really has changed the trajectory of of what things have looked like for me and um yeah forever grateful and um the one thing um that i tried to take away from that is one day I want to be the same person that he's been to me that, you know, I can be for somebody else. So um want to, you know, try and try and give back a little bit kind of like what he's been able to do for me. Uh, and then, you know, really the last 18 months, JT has been a huge leader and, and a mentor for me, just uh, getting, getting to learn from him. And I mean, he's been there and done it all. I mean, he's ticked every box possible. I mean, yeah yeah so for me to be able to show up and coach next to him every day it's like sometimes you got to pinch yourself and uh, we've got a great working relationship we've got a great personal relationship so um super thankful for him and and coach mcgraw and my wife and and parents so without without all of them you know it's uh none of this would be possible but they've all they've all played big roles in uh in in my journey and, and how i've got to where i am today Absolutely. You know, it's definitely, I don't know if I've had anybody that has one specific person. I mean, it takes, 
takes a village. I mean, there's a lot of people that goes into, you know, just everybody's journeys. And it's great that you have those people, you know, to this day and in the future that they're going to be supporting you the whole way there. Um, you know, just once again, you know, I'm really excited for everything that is going to be happening for you, not only at SC, but in your future as well. And, uh, you know, just, you know, really, really excited for the guys on the team too. And I mean, you're a great coach, great, you know, great dude. And, you know, so is coach Higgins as well. And two of the best guys to be coaching a college, you know, college team. So really excited for you guys. Well, I appreciate that. SC's a, been a great school to, to be at and we're lucky to, to do what we do. And we've got a great bunch of guys and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd go to battle for those guys every day and, and we tried to give them everything we possibly can. And, uh, we love each and every one of them, and uh, we're so we're so lucky to do what we do. We really are. Absolutely, it's so cool. I think, like you said, you know, college golf is, um, you know, college being a college coach is just one of the best things that you could do. And uh, you know, just it's really cool to hear all your experiences. And uh, yeah, just really excited for everything for you, coach. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. That'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonado, Coach. Once again, thank you so much for coming on and. Uh, you know, like I said, we'll uh, be posting you up on Instagram. I love reposting the podcast while I'm up there. So, you know, just really, really excited for the future for you and the future at USC. Great. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes, like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.